You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. It's Wednesday, so it's time for Wayne on Wednesday with Wayne McCurry, who's a portfolio manager at FNB Wealth and Investment in Johannesburg. Wayne, I have to sort of look at, when I look at Wall Street, I say to myself, well, the U.S. economy is doing one, stri- one thing and the U.S. stock market is doing another thing. So there's the disconnect between Wall Street and Main Street. It's not so much these days because the economy has, has bounced back somewhat. And when I look at South Africa, I look at these appalling employment figures that came out yesterday. Yes. And I say to myself, well, and then I look at a share like Motus, for example, and its share price today up about 7% after a trading statement. I look at certain retailers and certain banks, and they're still making a good living out of what they do in a country that yes. is clearly in dire, dire straits. How do you reconcile yeah. yourself with that? Well, look, I mean, it's good that you mentioned the specific companies like Motus and the banks because they are South African orientated. Exactly. Obviously, South African stock market is not a South. It's not. A, it's not a reflection of the South African economy. Mm. So it's about seventy percent is a reflection of what's happening overseas, translated into rands. Okay, but you're talking specifically about the thirty percent now. Yeah. Just before I try and answer that, just one step back to your previous statement: Main Street and Wall Street. The biggest things why people don't understand between Main Street and Wall Street is that Main Street is here and now. Wall Street's looking ahead. You know, so you can't expect them to reflect the same current situation. The stock market will always take into account what is anticipated to happen in the future. So quite often you get the stock market falling when the economy is doing well, but more times than that, you get the stock market going up when the economy looks terrible because the market looks ahead. Now, that's what I think is happening with the banks and with Motus, et cetera. It's saying things are tough now. So this is the first half of my answer. Things are tough now, mm-hmm. but they're getting better. And if they're getting better, the future is better than the current. So, therefore, the stock of the shares will go up. So, that's the first part of the answer. The second part of the answer is it is terribly unfortunate but the 40% who are unemployed don't represent the true wealth of the country. In other words, 60% of the wealth of the country and the spending power of the country, and this is wrong, by the way, yeah. and, we, and, and, and I think everyone wishes it was different, but 60 or 70% of the wealth of the country, let's call it the spending power, not the wealth, the spending power, the consumer spending power, is probably 8 to 10% of the population, if not less, if not 5% of the population. So in other words, we've still got 1.2, 1.3 million jobs today, fewer than what we had 18 months ago. But And, and it's terribly unfortunate for the people involved that they were extremely low earners. So I sat, I think we spoke about this last week or the week before. Yeah. I had a, a, a thing with our economist that gave a, a presentation in that. And they said consumption expenditure is now higher than what it was pre-COVID levels. And it's higher than what it was in 2019. Not much higher, but it's higher. So in other words, even though unemployment is 40% or 43%, whatever the number is, uh, and there's still 1.3 million jobs fewer than 18 months ago, there's actually more spending power. And that's why the motors and the retailers and the banks are up. Is that Where is the spending coming from? Did your economist, when you had this chat with him or her? People who still got jobs. 
So people that have still got jobs are earning more and then spending more, or they're coming out yes. of lockdown and there's pent-up demand and they just want to go out there yes. and splurge. Is and they're spending saying? less during, yes, they're spending less during lockdown because you've got no traveling expenses or, or substantially fewer traveling expenses, substantially fewer. Look at some of the results for fashion and clothing. You're not buying a fancy new suit or a fancy new outfit because you're not going to work. So there is more disposable income. So, yes. yes. And I mean, it's a, it's, it's, it's one of the true tragedies. There's, there's, a, there's many tragedies in South Africa, but we still, yeah, by the way. I mean, I, I you know, I am an optimist. We, <laughs> yeah, we, we, we still, yeah. One of the tragedies is obviously the government persisting with what is quite clearly failed policy. So that's the one tragedy that the government persists with failed policy. The second tragedy is, is that our opposition is either in disarray or aren't credible to the majority of the population or for whatever reason, our, the ANC government, specifically under President Zuma, should have handed the government over to the opposition on a plate at an election. Because in any, in any other currency, if the government brought you 43% unemployment, ESKIM, all the SOEs, the state capture, the, the ineptitude of the state, they would have been voted out. So that's the second tragedy is that because the ANC is the liberation movement, there is effectively no opposition to them for the foreseeable I've future. I've always said this. So, when, they're, so they're not answerable. They're not answerable. Well, it's, it's exactly the same as Eskom. It's exactly the same as um, uh, what's the other example that uh, I had recently? Uh, it'll come to me in a moment. But what South Africa has at the moment and has had for uh, ever since the ANC uh, um, took over the democracy, the, the new democracy 27 years ago, we have a political monopoly. It's, it's Effectively, yes. It's, exactly. But it doesn't I'll matter. Even if you thing, don't like the ANC, there's no one else to vote for. You can't vote for the yes, EFF. Yes, there's no one else to vote for. And you can't vote for the DA. I'm sorry to, about DA, both no, of those, you can't. No, both you of can't. those people. You, you can't, can't, vote. You can't yeah. vote for either of them. Effectively, you can't vote for them now. And now, the, now I will hasten to add that extremely happy that we have the, the 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 President Cyril Ramaphosa administration in place because at least they are trying. Yes. They are going very slowly, but they are trying. Okay, so that's the second tragedy. The third tragedy in South Africa, and this is a funny way of looking at it, is that people seem happy to get a grant, which is in effect an unemployment grant. Yeah, and sit without a job. Because if you think at 43% unemployment, there should be civil unrest here every week. There should be, you know, protests and, and not and not protests about President Zuma going to jail, protests about where's my job? Right. You know, at this unemployment level, it should be happening every week. There should be such enormous pressure being put on the government to generate jobs. But people seem happy, well, I get a subsidy uh, 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 well, what's it? A uh, a grant. Grant, yes. And now, and now you're talking about a basic income grant. So you're just going to make people more dependent on on, on grants and not worry about actually putting pressure on the government to create the right environment to generate jobs. Mm. Any, anyway, when I see these headlines, yes, what you have to do? Not new in South Africa. It's not new, but what, what is new is the following: if you Google. If you just go to your your laptop or your device and you put in South Africa unemployment, and then the yeah, first the thing that the comes world. up here, 
South Africa it comes to Al Jazeera first and then Bloomberg second. And they're both the same headlines. South Africa unemployment rate rises to the highest in the world. Uh, finance industry lost 278,000 jobs. Manufacturing lost 83,000 jobs. These are jobs that are not going to come back, Wayne. I'm sorry, they're not going to come back. It's almost as though... Yeah, look, we mustn't be... We, 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 we shouldn't be pessimistic. Why? If the government... No, let me tell you. Well, look, I, I am a natural optimist, okay? Right. If I was a pessimist, South Africa was going to be trashed when the ANC took over in the early 90s. Then it was going to be trashed by AIDS. Then it was going to be trashed by, uh, um, well, just add my President Zuma. It was going to be trashed by, then it was going to be trashed by land reform. Then it was going to be trashed by black economic empowerment. So there's been plenty of people who've said, we finished, and yet we still, yeah. Yes, okay, we're still here, we significantly better, yeah, we're, we should be in a significantly better position. But as I said, I'm, I'm I don't count the country off. If the state president carries on with his current economic policy and his, and speeds it up and does the right structural changes to the economy, we can generate jobs. It's not an impossibility, but of course it's dependent on what the administration does. Yeah, Wayne, I, I love your optimism, but on the other hand, I've been hearing it for so long, for 27 years. And there's, you know what, what, uh, what preceded all of your, all of your pronunciations there, uh, pronouncements rather, the word if, mm -hmm. if whether they do this, if they do it's that, if, yeah. if they do yeah, the, the other, and yet the, and let me put another one in now, if commodity prices fall, then we are stuffed. Yes, but commodities are cyclical, you know. And we've spoken about this. Commodity prices are falling. I mean, we've spoken about this on numerous occasions. It's quite clear to me that the commodity cycle has done peak. some sort of peak and is on the way down. Yeah. But the downside is going to be significantly less severe than what we have seen in the past. And then in three or four years' time, there's an up cycle again. You know, commodities over time, in RAND terms, actually look quite good. You know, so because of the structural weakness in the RAND, even if you take even if you uh, ignore the cycle it's actually a very very strong upward trends you know on a on a longer term basis because it is just a cyclical you know it is a cyclical phenomenon so you know if you take it in rand terms since 1975 so that is what, 25 35 45 years 46 years mm. the price of, of commodities in rand has gone from, let me just change my graph here just to make it a bit more accurate. Okay, you carry uh, on and do that. I'll, I'll think about my next question, which comes to informal uh, yeah. employment, people that are under the radar. So, but anyway, go on. If we, yeah, if we index commodities in 1975 at 100, they're now 10,200 hmm. in rand terms. So ignoring the cycle, We've actually got one very, very positive thing running for the country, and that is that we are a commodity exporter and we've got commodities that people want. So you just got to ride the cycle out. You know, so maybe the next two years is a down cycle, then there'll be an up cycle thereafter. But to truly benefit from that, we've got to get the country in shape. The government must function, it must deliver services. Eskom, we must have, not Eskom, we must have power. The trains must work. The ports must work.
because then we'll truly benefit and then we'll generate jobs. But of course, that's an if as you spoke about earlier. Very many ifs indeed there. And and Wayne, the, the thing that worries about me about the employment situation, or rather the unemployment situation, is that in the past, the unions would have been up in arms about uh, jobs being cut. But as the unions and the union leaders understand that the global health crisis has precipitated to a certain extent the demise of certain of their members' jobs, they're not up in arms. Uh, and I don't think that no. these jobs will be replaced. We're, we're, the official rate 34.4 percent the unofficial rate because people have given up looking for jobs as you quite rightly say 10 yes. percent higher than that and it just it, yes. I, I just worry that um the, the the employers this would be callous of me to say they're saying thank goodness we haven't got the unions on our backs anymore and we don't have to re-employ these people because we've got efficiencies and we don't need them anymore but it does worry me about somebody who's yeah look, somebody who's, the... who's not going to get a job for the rest of his or her life yeah Look, look, a lot of the, a lot of the jobs lost are in the service industry. So the moment we hope that this virus eventually disappears from our shores, well, it never disappears with us for the rest of our lives, but no. that we, that the majority of the population's got injections and people don't die and get violently ill. And so you hope that, man, just to deviate slightly from the answer, from what I want to say is yes. I saw a highly effective ad on CNN. Bloomberg's wherever this morning and I was watching on TV. Oh, let me tell you what and it is. It, it says, just, how many, do you know anyone with smallpox yes. or polio? Yeah, I saw that as do well. Do you know anyone with smallpox? Do you know anyone with polio? I saw that and I, I was also that impacted was such by a message. that. Yeah, very that good message. That was a message. Mm -hmm. That's a proper message. Yeah. I, I, I thought, you know, that is just, you know, communications about simplicity, not about complexity. Oh, and the other thing, before I come to the answer, which I might have forgotten what the answer is, when you watch CNN and Bloomberg, especially CNN, and they go to whichever expert on whatever subject, it seems to be a highly, almost a cultural thing to have a very impressive bookcase as your backdrop. <laughs> well, I was, Did you notice that? Of course they do. And, and, and the, the TV and, and, presenters and, 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 on the BBC, and Wayne, and it's, uh, comment yeah, on and it as well. They say, that's a nice book or that's a nice picture. Have you yeah, seen Shapiro's backdrop? Actually, now, he's got pictures, not a bookcase. He's no, no, he's, he, 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 he surrounds himself with this art and is almost saying, I'm a cultural person. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, Shapiro, but Shapiro actually is a cultural person. He's he far is. more cultured than you or I. Well, I speak for yourself, but yeah, I know what no, you mean. Well, but yeah. maybe I can just, maybe, maybe I should just speak for myself. Yes, please. He's far more cultured than what I am. Well, you when... know, he's a, you know, Shapiro, Shapiro's actually, He's a he's a he's a very cultured man, yes, and he's a he's a he's a complete gentleman, and he's also a very natty dresser. Oh yeah, he's natty, all right. He's a very natty. It's a natty dresser. He dresses nattily. He dresses nattily. He dresses. He dresses <laughs> natty. He's a proper natty dresser, Shapiro. He's uh, yeah. He's 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 like Bo Brummel. He's he's yeah, he's he's out there. He's always got a yeah, nice no, no, he's a, college no, shirt no, he's, on. No, he's always there. No, I actually think Bo Brummel is a very very good description of Shapiro. Yes, he's a Jewish Bo, Brum Bo Brummel. What I he's think you Jewish should do next time, what you should do is you should uh, put a table in your in your warehouse with all your really, really. If you ever see my impressive cars. bookcase in my in my in my garage, my impressive bookcase, and, and the thing about these bookcases on TV, you can see they are structured. Yeah. They have been set up. So this book, you see the title. It's normally a book that they wrote. 
<laughs> and then you see a picture of them shaking their hand with some important person, mm. ex-president, president, or and they are so structured. They must spend half the day structuring their bookcases in the background. But anyway, what 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 were we talking about before? Doesn't matter. Let's let's continue this theme. It's far more entertaining. Yes. Yeah. Um, I saw we 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 were together last um, Friday morning, I think it was, and I saw you. I couldn't see your backdrop because you your face was quite close no, to the camera. I just had a straight white wall. Exactly. You don't and, want to see the backdrop. No, that was in my garage. And you, you'd shaved beautifully, whereas I just got out of bed because I got the timing wrong and um, I, I hadn't shaved or anything like that. But I saw that. But what you should do, Wayne, is get a bit of a, a sort of a panoramic view and have all your beautiful motor cars in the background because you talk about culture. No, I could do that. No, I would do that. That would impress people, if you want to impress people, that is, yeah. which I, I sense that you don't, probably. Yeah, look, um, you know, when when I was a young man, I, I I thought it was important to impress people, but I've worked out that actually people eventually measure you on what you are and not what you project. Mm. Yeah, that's a good lesson for um, for my children, for example. Um, yes, okay, all right. Well, we're talking about well, it's, 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 it's unfortunately it's unfortunately one of those things you can't teach anyone. They've got to learn it themselves. Mm, by the time they do learn it, it's too late because they've already been through two, old, yeah. two divorces and uh, have, uh, their, their careers are in tatters. But that's a, that's a cynical view. Wayne, I want to talk about food because I know you've got to get off quite soon. And I didn't come up with a food story last time we spoke. You did. I can't remember mm-hmm. for the life of me what it was. It was I've got another food story, but do okay. your food I'll story do my first. Quick, I'll do my quick one first. Okay. I went to my fishmonger the other day and he had this big sort of tub, almost like a bucket of something called Hollandse Gernalen. Now, Hollandse Gernalen are tiny, tiny little shrimps. Tiny little prawns. Ooh. I mean, they're, they're, they're like almost like then. It's not. It's not krill, is it? Is, is, is it actually a prawn? It's bigger than a bigger than krill. Otherwise, the whales would okay. have got them by now. But the yeah, okay. they're, they're like about this. I don't want to use the word maggot, but I have to. About the size of maggots, and they're caught in the North yeah. Sea, just down the road from where I live. And what happens is that these trawlers go out and they buy these. Uh, sorry, uh, uh, trawl these huge amounts of Hollandse uh, Canal and these tiny little shrimps and then they immediately go from the trawler to a lorry which is waiting a truck which is waiting a refrigerated truck now what happens is they it's it's chilled and it then it drives Mm -hmm. down through europe straight away and then it gets on a ferry to north africa and in north africa and i think it's morocco which is the main center of of this particular industry women mainly women shell these tiny prawns it's a fiddly job oh you, my goodness you wouldn't be able to do it i wouldn't yeah. be able to do it i'd go mad after the first yeah. seven or something so what happens is overnight they're all shelled and then they get put back in the truck and when they come back the truck comes back and so within i think something like a 48 hour turnaround maybe slightly longer they come back and they go to the the retail outlets and i said to the fishmonger, i said well how can this possibly work it must cost a fortune he says it's five times cheaper than if we employed someone in the Netherlands to do this or someone in Belgium or France because first of all people won't do it we can't find them and if we could find them they would charge too much yeah and then I I thought as I was making my salsa with my 
finely chopped spring onions and cucumber and tomatoes and red chilies and olive oil and mixing these tiny little shrimps up for my uh, a starter, which is delicious, incidentally. I thought these things have I'm been sure. these things have been on a wild ride. And I th- I They've travelled. I, I, I found it a fascinating story, and I, then I got guilty about my carbon footprint. But anyway, that's my food story. What's yours? No, but look, I've got. I've actually got an extremely sad food food story. Oh no! It's it's it's, it's bordering on a tragedy. Oh gosh! Now you've got me interested. You know, no. So you know, when I sit at night time and 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 lie awake in bed and worry, I don't worry about the stock market and the rand and and Federal Reserve tapering or increasing interest rates or what our government's finances look like, which I'll come back to now, what our government's finances look like. A a true tragedy. Well, let's call it a tragedy because effectively that's what it is. It's a tragedy. You're building up to a big tragedy here. Please tell us. We have run out of Marmite in South Africa. No, you see, that's unacceptable. No, I love Marmite. To me, I agree with you. It is unacceptable that we have run out of Marmite. One of the great pleasures in the world is a big mug of uh, English breakfast tea or Yorkshire tea or PG tips, a slice of uh, a piece of toast that is still hot. You lather it up with some butter and then you put the marmite on top and mix it up with the with the butter. and It's still hot. I'm a little bit I'm a little bit more exotic than that. I like that. Make no mistake. But to me, Mm. the best is. Yeah. You take carrot cake. (laughs) Okay. And you toast it slightly. Yes. And you put not not heavy toast. You effectively just warm it up, and you put butter on with marmite. Mm. Oh my goodness, Carrot cake. is that nice? And then the other one is yes. And then the other one is hot cross buns with marmite. Mm, that's, uh, I can, it is, I can it relate is to that. Too delicious. Mm. Is, but there's no marmite. There's bovril, which ain't the same. Of course, it's not. Bovril is a beef extract. And I also found out that. There's and no more yeah, yeast. beef extract. It's mm. a vegetable, yeah, the vegetable extract. And yeah, I, I, I looked it up. There's the shortage of, and I can't remember now, brewer's yeast or something, but there's a shortage of yeast and there is no marmite. Well, Wayne, uh, uh, marmite, I know this because um, because my football team was, was playing in this area um, last week. And in fact, they lost 2-1 to this team called Burton. Okay, now Burton is a brewing town, and Burton is the is the centre of marmite production. And what happened was that uh, yeast extract, uh, or yeast rather, was a byproduct of the brewing industry in Burton, and so yeah. they they devised this beautiful, beautiful product called uh, marmite. So maybe it's maybe it's maybe it's at source, but I can get it yes, in the I Netherlands. Mean, I go to the these English world. shops. I can get I can get it. I'll send it to you if you want me to. Yeah, you know, the whole the whole world's worrying about the chip shortages for oh, motor please. cars and all of that. Yeah, that's, that's got nothing on the shortage of marmite. It's got nothing to do. So with unfortunately, my fortunately my food story today was a sad one. It's a very sad thing, uh, one. And uh, the other two things that have hit the headlines recently: no chicken uh, Nando's. So their peri peri chicken was out of stock in fifty of their shops, which they had to close down temporarily. Number two, no uh, milkshakes at McDonald's. Yeah. And number three, there was another one as well. I can't remember quite what it was. But the, the supply chain story is quite an interesting one because people can't get goods at the moment, and I wonder what the implications of that are, or if it's just a short-term blockage. Maybe Maybe that's something we should look at for a future yeah. program, Wayne. I don't know. But just quickly on the South African total government debt. Oh, here we go. If our debt was 90%, mm. as of 90% of GDP, 
as of today, it's only 82% or 81% of GDP. Well, that's just a step in the right direction. You know, you know why? We revised our GDP upwards by 10%. Oh, I see. Every, every 10 years, they rebase the GDP and how it's calculated and everything, and it went up 10%. Hmm, okay, I thought it might have been the So, so all, of, all of our debt metrics, all of our government debt metrics, deficit metrics, all of these metrics relative to GDP – now don't look as bad as what they were yesterday. So somebody manipulated the so statistics, can, in other words. So you can, and it's, in other words, it's statistics. Mm. But, and we assume that the statistician general is doing a proper job. There's no reason for me to doubt anything else. No, of course not. It is good news that our economy is now 10% bigger than what we thought it was. It's also good news. I would never have thought 10% is, is mm. I would have thought 10% was an astronomically large number. But that's the number. It could also be something to do with the fact that imports of Marmite have, have ceased and people like you aren't, aren't, aren't buying yeah. it. So that's, that's it's brought, and you know, the other the thing is, down. I, I always thought, oh, there's no Marmite. Let me get Frey Bentos. No. I no, think, no, no. and then I thought about it. That, went out, that probably went off the market 40 years ago. Have you ever had Vegemite from Australia? No, I've never tried Vegemite, but I assume it's similar to Marmite. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a, it pales into comparison with uh, Marmite. But, I mean, if you can find Vegemite. Anyway, Wayne, um, <laughs> I've sent a couple of things to South Africa recently that haven't arrived. Uh, otherwise, I would send you some Marmite from my local English shop, which is called Kelly's. And, uh, but uh, I'm, not, I'm not going to do so. But hopefully it will be back on the shelf soon. Wayne McCurry. Yeah, we hope so, yes. yes sir. Wayne McCurry is a portfolio manager at FMB Wealth and Investment. And that was Wayne on Wednesday. The views and opinions expressed in these podcasts are those of Lindsay Williams and various contributors and do not reflect the policy, position or opinion of any other agency, organization, employer or company associated with strictlybusinesspodcast.com. Assumptions made on the analyses are not reflective of the position of any other entity other than the speaker or the author. And since we are critically thinking human beings, these views are always subject to change, revision and rethinking at any time. Please do not hold us to them in perpetuity.